Hello and welcome to broadcast 15 of Indie Function Radio. Now, this issue, or this broadcast was originally broadcasted from my mobile device because my microphone wasn't working, and if we were to upload that version, your ears would bleed because the quality was absolutely horrendous. So, um, we were able to take part of the show, which was an interview, and uh, give it to, give it, or put it in the MP3. But the rest of the show was lost, um, and that's pretty much the main point of the show is the interview. So um, I'm Brad Hudson, your host, and we are going to interview Maple in this week's um, broadcast. We hope you enjoy this broadcast and uh, continue to listen into us. Today we have an interview with Maple, also known as Josh Cogren. He's one of the two people that worked on the third place game in the uh, Ludendare Jam, which I believe was 72 hours, right? Uh, yeah, that was 72 hours. Josh is also known around the web as Maple, and they made a game called Next Time I Won't Trust the Man in the White Van. It's made with Game Maker for the Windows platform, and uh, do you want to tell us a little more about your game? Uh yeah sure um it's um basically basically you're just a little girl and uh the story is pretty much left up to you on the title screen there's a white van you know you can read the title and get whatever from that <laughs> um but yeah you get stuck in a dungeon pretty much and um, have to make your way through these challenges and puzzles to get to the end. And it's kind of weird to say this, I guess, but I think it's pretty obvious that um, it was uh, heavily inspired by the 2D's Elders. I see. But To simplify the game as much as I can, you run around as a little girl in a 2D maze environment. You have to move different types of boxes around the room in order to solve the puzzles to get to the exit. There are rivers, which can be crossed by either putting a wooden crate in it, to make a bridge or an ice box which freezes the river. However, frozen rivers make you continue to slide until you reach ground, creating more difficult puzzles. The game gets even more challenging when spikes are introduced. They pop out of the ground when you hover over them, but have a delay, allowing you to quickly move over them if you're quick enough. Is there anything else you'd like to cover? Yeah, I just have a question for you actually. Like okay. how how far did you get in the game? Um, I got to the one where that there's two by the beginning, you have to push it to the right, and then there's a spike, and then there's like a pit at the end of it, and then there's a key at the top. So it was, it was, uh, one of the puzzles with that spike in yep. over ice, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of people got stuck on that, um, because one of the cool things, uh, about the spikes, um, about them coming up and staying up for a bit is that you can actually push the blocks against them and they'll stop against the spikes while they're up. Uh-huh. So you can, like... Oh, uh, yeah. Well, with that puzzle, you just push the second crate against it super fast and then it'll go and stop at the spikes and then you can go around and push it. Uh, about the me mechanics, I don't know really what else to say about it. Um... There's 
Yeah, it's very much like Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> the originally the sliding block puzzle type things, uh, it was actually inspired by the 3D Zeldas. Um, like, because I actually grew up on the 3D ones, but um, visually it was, you know, the 2D Zeldas. You can obviously see like around the side um, of the room. It's like the 2D ones and everything, but. Did you guys get the idea from Zelda, or did you kind of come up with it on your own? Or I've never played Zelda. Um, so. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Um, well, basically, like, I mainly just I got an idea for just like how um, how the game would generally flow, which is basically just you know you you've got one room and then you do the challenge in it, and then you go to the next, to the next, to the next, and then after that, I sort of. Um, just was trying to think of ways to, um, like, you know, uh, things that I could use as challenges and puzzles or whatever, and Zelda just immediately came to mind. Just perfect dungeon thing for mm -hmm. that, but, um, yeah. But it was a pretty much, like, it was a spur-of-the-moment sort of thing. Okay. Um, just the ideas and that. Mm-hmm. In the team, what were your roles? Originally, when we started, there was no goal. Like, I've never worked in a team before or anything, so um, I didn't really know how to, uh, like, how how we delegate the responsibilities. I guess you'd say. Um, mm -hmm. But he just um, Rory or Spaceoff, mm -hmm. and he ended up doing the programming. Um, like, and I say it just like that because he did just end up doing it like nothing was planned or anything overall would you say the development was good or bad i'd say it was good and bad as far as teamwork goes that was kind of difficult because you know we've never worked in a team before and just the idea of making a ludum dare game was um just a, a few hours before it started i was just talking to him and i was like hey you want to make a game or whatever and then we just got into it but um mm -hmm. So we've never worked in the team before, and it was difficult because we had our different ideas about things, and uh, there's, mm -hmm. you know, like, it's a bit hard when you're used to working by yourself, and um, you have difficulties where you need to come to a decision about different things. So that's kind of how I just ended up sticking to the artwork and everything without his help and he ended up sticking to all the program without programming and whatever without my help because uh -huh. it was just too difficult to sort of um, help each other out uh, yeah I see I see how that would yeah, be a problem like, since, yeah since we're not um, used to working in a team overall what would you say went wrong with the development process and planning Probably just the whole teamwork factor because or everything else um, just just ended up to go unimaginably unimaginably well. Like, I mean, I didn't expect um, a game as good as you know that to come out of it, and I didn't. I definitely didn't expect us to get in the top three or anything like that. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think mainly it's just the teamwork, and I suppose there could have been some better planning. Um, as far as how much time is spent on what and whatever. That was kind of just, you know, again, spur of the moment sort of planning. We just thought, you know, heck, there's one day left. We need to do this, this, and this, <laughs> and then 
we sort of just ran with it and tried to get whatever done and uh-huh. um, prioritize. So, what would you but, say were some of the strong points of your development process? I guess that we didn't really interfere with each other's work, because <laughs> if we had really sort of, uh, you know, started interfering with each other's work, then there'd be more arguments, I guess, and uh, slower development. I don't even know if the development process was, like, that good to begin with. Um, I mean, I guess uh, we're both used to working by ourselves, and that's pretty much how we ended up working, since we were working on different things. So that just, that went just as well as always. Um, Yeah, we just stuck to our things, and it ended up going well. It's a shame that you didn't play to the end, though, because um, during the end of it, like, Space off or Rory, he wanted me to make an ending title screen thingy, so I had to quickly rush that up, and everything just turned out better than, than I expected. Like, every little bit of art and whatever, um, I just did it, and and I didn't expect it to be as good, but like, yeah, so the ending title screen was one of those things, I just sort of rushed it up and it ended up looking okay, so. Oh yeah, one thing I want to say that was like, Space Off, he didn't like the idea of me making the main character a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I don't know why, I forgot why, but yeah, like, I guess he just thought it would be weird. So he made me justify it by um, animating a really gruesome death sequence. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. And that, that was the first time I really animated anything um, like that, and that turned out pretty well. But yeah, I don't really know what else to say about it. Well, you place higher than Notch. <laughs> How do you feel about that? I, I didn't really think much of that because the jam games are uh, rated differently. So mm-hmm. if we were in the like not the jam and just the regular forty-eight hours, I don't know. I don't think we would have standard chance. <laughs> I tried his game; it was it's pretty good. I have to admit, um, the ghosts in his game like they literally made me laugh. They look so funny. But yeah. <laughs> I haven't checked it out. I haven't had a lot of free time to look at the games. But I'll yeah. probably get around to it. I, I've got a few living games to play too. I've probably to. played like 15 so far. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I've only tried like But yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's. it's pretty cool, I guess, that I came third and Notch didn't place, but it was actually kind of interesting because I thought that, you know, because he's Notch, um, everyone would just, like, his game would be rated high and all that, but I guess I didn't take into consideration that he'd, um, you know, been in these sort of day contests for a while, and and um, I guess people are used to him and criticize him fairly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I didn't really take that into consideration either. I thought that, you know, everyone would vote for him. And then I found out that only Ludum Derek entrance or entries entries, I I don't know. The people who entered could, yeah, yeah. could vote for him. So that definitely changed a lot because you can't Yeah, so vote. so I couldn't vote for him. Yep. Um I guess the comments were sort of misleading because uh I guess like most of the comments would be from um you know, people who couldn't rate, because uh-huh. I mean, like, I know that you could comment if you hadn't made a game, and they were pretty, um, high comments, I guess, so. It's gotta be all those fanboys out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gotta love the fanboys. Yeah. 
Well, congrats on placing third on your first Swindon Dare. That's definitely quite an honor. Thanks. I uh, plan on placing third again, or second, or first. <laughs> I was just about to ask if you're around, anyway. up to Ludum Dare 22. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's December, right? I think so, maybe. I know there's like three or four a year, but I may even uh, participate in the mini Ludum Dares if I feel up to it along the way, but uh, I know that um, Paul said in one of his comments to some posts that uh, in October um, he's going to make a challenge where the developer needs to make a dollar in like that month, so I think I'm up to that because I want to try and start making something and I've got some flash, some uh, like a flash game that I'm trying to do. Did but you say make a dollar? Yeah. Like, like, the basic idea is just to, um, yeah, like, just to make at least a dollar from something that you get done oh, in October. I see. I'm not sure how finalized that is, though, like, I don't, like, no one quote me on that, but, like, I did see a comment by him saying that, um, you know, that might happen. Mm-hmm. I think it happened last year, but I kind of failed at that. I wasn't really up to any, like, up to par with any of my programming skills or whatever mm -hmm. that I need. Um, have yeah, you ever yeah. participated in any of the past Ludum Dares? Uh, yeah, actually. Um, in 2009, I participated in one or two. Uh -huh. I participated in two, uh, and that was with Game Maker, because I only just recently started learning Flash. Uh -huh. Oh, like with Flash Punk. And they turned out alright. Definitely one thing about Ludum Dare is you always learn so much. Uh -huh. About, um, like, I hadn't made uh, a platformer really, um, but the first Ludum Dare, I just forced myself to learn basically what I needed to do, and there's That's just true. so much to learn from it. They turned out okay. Well, I'm guessing the next Ludum Dare, since this one had 599 entries, it's obviously getting more popular, and then the next one's gonna have even more competition. It's pretty exciting, really. Um, but obviously, like, hard as well, <laughs> because there's more entries, but uh -huh. I remember when, like, with my old entries, uh, there was only about, I think there was around, like, 100 or something entering at the time, uh -huh. so it's definitely growing a lot. That so you make games too, right? Oh, yeah, or of course. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you participated in any, or? Uh, no, I was gonna, this is gonna be my first, but I guess it just wasn't meant to be. With, um, Flash or Game Maker? Or? Um, I wasn't quite sure what I was going to use. I was thinking of either using Flash or Java. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, good luck whenever you, like, decide to reverse me <laughs> and fail. Thanks. <laughs> right back at you. No problem. Alright, well, congrats on placing third, and, uh, it was fun having this interview. Alright, thanks. Next up, we have our credits. Indie Radio Broadcast number 15 was brought to you by Indie Function with host Brett Hudson. We interviewed Mabel, aka Josh Cogren, and we hope you enjoyed this show. All music was found from Newgrounds, coming from Nemesis Theory, Toy Robot Chicken, Last Survivor, Honkmaster, and The Fabs. Um, we have chosen to do the show every other week, so the next broadcast will be October 1st. And the next one after that will be October 15th, and so on and so on. So we'll only have two or three broadcasts a month, opposed to four or five. 
Um, we also hope that you check out our magazine tomorrow, Indie Magazine, issue 15. It's got tons of Blue Dome Dare coverage, and it's going to be our biggest issue yet. Thanks for listening, and have a great weekend developing, making games, and programming. See you next week.